Good morning, Sheila. How are you doing this morning? I'm great, Wayne. How are you this morning? I am doing fabulous. Thank you very much. And welcome, everyone, to 27 Minutes with Sheila and Wayne, where we explore the fascinating world of verbs and their impact on our daily lives. Join us each week as we delve into the different ways verbs shape our language and influence our interactions as we attempt to make a positive difference in our world, one verb at a time. <laughs> and welcome. This is episode number 96. Oh, my Yay. goodness. Yay, right? And Sheila, where can our listeners find you? Our listeners can find me at Zeke and Sheila at Yahoo.com. And they can send me an email at wayne at mindsinking.com. And if you haven't heard us before, that's where you send the complaints. You send all the compliments right. and everything else to Sheila. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and Sheila, I understand we have a special guest today. I am delighted to introduce our guest today who has chosen our verb. And uh, our guest is Karen Shrum. I'm going to give a brief introduction here. Uh, she's the founder of Two Illuminate LLC, and that's a number two. And uh, which is an executive coaching and consulting firm. Her purpose is to help individuals, leaders, and organizations to create results with mindfulness and compassion. Karen has over 20 years of experience coaching and advising C-suite leaders. She enables leaders at all levels to grow organically, leveraging a unique perspective gained only from being an ICF certified coach. That's an International Coaching Federation coach, a big four partner, and a senior government executive. And Karen, welcome. Welcome back, I should say, to our podcast. Thank you so much, Sheila, and thank you so much, Wayne. It is an absolute delight to be back with you and your listeners today. So thank you for having me. Well, you are quite welcome. And I noticed, oh, wait, that's the, that was our verb from last time <laughs> when noticed. you were on the, on the podcast. Notice, yes. But Sheila, what is our verb for today? Our verb that Karen picked out, which I love, is to choose. And my first definition is to pick out or select someone or something as being the best or most appropriate of two or more alternatives. Ah, and That's, I have a few more. Okay. Which you probably knew that. I, yep. One is to decide what you want from two or more things or possibilities. To decide to do something. The next one is to think about which one of the several things is the one that you want and take action to get it. Ah. The last two, to select freely and after consideration. And the last one, to take an alternative. Huh. So pretty okay. similar. Yes. Well, and so, yeah, go ahead, Wayne. I was going to ask, ask Karen, how did you come up with choose? Why did you choose choose? That is a great question, Wayne. And with everything in my life, I have a little story. So Sheila mentioned that I have a coaching practice. And yes. many times the clients with whom I work come to me with decisions that they need to make. And for the most part, some of these can be pretty anxiety provoking mm. and stressful. So I've been giving some thoughts to how we can make decisions less stressful. And my best thinking, and here's where my story comes in, was actually inspired by my three-year-old granddaughter, Natalie. So Natalie came to stay with me a couple of weekends ago and we were sitting on the couch and she was getting ready for bed and just blurted out of the blue that she had made a sad choice. Mm. When I asked her what the sad choice was, she said, I got angry 
and I had to go to my room. So the conversation was over at that point, but this really stayed with me. And I loved the notion of a sad choice. Yeah. For me, it was so much better than telling someone you'd made a bad decision or a teacher saying you behaving badly. So I, I wanted to give our educators who are, are teaching our kids to think in this way kudos because the language that Natalie applied to her behavior is the language that I think is important for us as adults mm -hmm. to think about when we choose. All of the definitions that both you and Sheila selected are very positive. Selecting from possibilities, the best alternatives. So there's something very impactful and very positive about decision-making and bringing the element of choose into it. And I wanted to explore some of those ideas with both of you on our call today. Oh, excellent. And I think that it's very apropos. And I also have a trivia question for us. And the trivia question is, and we will give the answer at the end of the show, what is the most common reason we tend to have difficulty in choosing something? And I say the most common because I went and did some research and there's a lot of information out there and a lot of people suggest it's one <laughs> or the other, but this one hit the top more than the others did. So I'm going to use that as the most common reason. So Okay. Thank <laughs> right. you, Wayne. Yes. All right. So anyway, now, Sheila, how did you start off with this word? You, you know, actually, I, I want to kind of bounce off what Karen was just saying, because I always like looking for quotes. And I found some about uh, using the language uh, of choosing uh, and the vocabulary in a way that moves us forward rather than leaves us stuck, if that makes sense. Uh -huh. And so one of my favorite uh, quotes is Viktor Frankl, who among, uh, in addition to to uh, um, creating logotherapy and psychology, also was a prisoner in concentration camps during World War II. And uh, his quote after that experience was, everything can be taken away from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. And that, that, that kind of bounces off what Karen, you were just saying. Um, and I'd love to hear more about your thoughts about choosing. Sheila, that's wonderful because um, one of the, the critical things that, that I think about with the word choose, mm -hmm. and it bounces off your quote, is that we have agency to craft our lives because we can choose. You know, in any given day, and I'm sure Wayne has a number associated with this. <laughs> I think so. We uh -oh. have, from the minute we wake up, from the minute we open our eyes to the minute we close them at night, we are confronted with the opportunity to choose how we're going to show up. That gives us agency in crafting our lives. I spoke with a client a couple of days ago who was a little concerned that they were stepping into a very stressful family situation. And my words to her were, you can't control the behaviors or the actions of your family members, but you can choose how you respond to that. Mm. And that really picks up on, on that quotation that you had just said. 
we can't control what's around us, but we mm -hmm. truly can control our attitude or mm -hmm. our response to the myriad of things that we have to choose from in any given day. I like that. And I'm going to tell you two reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I do have a number for you. <laughs> and it's been said that we make somewhere between 27 and 35,000 decisions a day. Oh. And on top of that, you know, it's also said that we make around 200 decisions a day about food. <laughs> so, well, well, that's so you, a lot lower than I would have anticipated. Well, I, you know, fries or onion rings, you know, there's only a oh. couple of things <laughs> okay. I can do. <laughs> but, and, and you're right. And why I also like what you said, here's number two, is because attitude. I just talked to a group, um, I think it was two weeks ago, and this is not mine. I, I, I've taken this from someone else and other people have heard it too. But attitude is 100%. And when I talk about leadership, I tell my clients, you have to show up every day, much like a mom has to show up every day. There's no day off. You can't be sick. I'm sorry. No, you got to be a mom 24 seven. And as a leader, you have to show up every day. And it's all about attitude. And I said, and you have to bring 100 percent attitude to work with you every day. And oh, by the way, attitude equals 100 percent. If you go through the alphabet and number the letters starting with A equals one, B equals two, C equals three, and so on. If you add up the letters that make attitude, it equals 100. <laughs> oh, that's How great. That? There you go. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. And what are some of these decisions that we make? You know, Think about it. You know, what shirt do I want to wear, or which pair of shoes should I choose? And and how about socks? Oh, do I need a coat or not, or do I need an umbrella? All those decisions add up. So thirty-seven thousand. I'm thinking, wow, we must be making decisions, uh, as they say, every two seconds. We're thinking about something. I'm not sure. Does, does, that sounds overwhelming when you put it that way. Well, wow. Okay, I have something to tell you at the end of the show, but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, and. Okay, and Karen, I, I loved where you were going, so I'll let you continue, please, because I'm fascinated by what you were saying. Mm -hmm. So I think, thank you so much, Wayne, and I love the emphasis on leadership because anybody who is in a leadership role, regardless of what the type of organization is, you are literally confronted by choices and decision-making ma decision mm -hmm. throughout the entire day, which brings me into sort of the, the, next, the next point, Leaders have, and we all do, and Sheila, you you talked about this as well, it's a ton of decisions in any given day. Some are more mm -hmm. impactful than others. Mm -hmm. The decisions that are going to be more impactful, we tend to place a lot of weight on making those decisions. And I think that's where people tend to get anxious or get us tied up in knots. A leader making a decision mm. that's going to impact a number of people's jobs or a number of people's mm. lives. That's mm -hmm. a pretty weighty and significant decision. Yes. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking that recognizing that when we have a decision or a choice to make, that decision or choice is likely going to be grounded in our value system. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, that value system is really solidly grounded. So the decision that we make is going to be generally in the right path because it's going to be in alignment with our values. And 
if we are compassionate, if we are well-intentioned, and if we are ethical, we will likely make compassionate, ethical, and mm -hmm. well-intentioned decisions. Yes. So I think that gives us the opportunity to sort of trust in the decision that we're going to make and make the right decision, or in the words of Natalie, make a, a choice <laughs> that isn't sad. <laughs> I, I love that. I also think we can sort of lighten the load um, by thinking about our decisions as choices between possibilities as mm. the definitions that you both talked about. Whereas a decision seems to be a lot more impactful and a lot harder. And the key to recognizing this and, and giving both of you kudos for your discussion, I think it was last week on dreams, but ah. you had a very, very um, powerful statement on actions. Any decision or any choice that we make is going to be accompanied by actions. And I think one of your, your yes. quotes today had that. And so whatever choice we make during the day, a big one or a small one, there's likely going to be a series of actions which will help us to execute that choice effectively. And if we get to the end of the line and we realize that the choice that we made really isn't right for us, we have agency. We still have the ability to change the course of our action. Yes, I, I that is so important because so many times what paralyzes people, <clears throat> paralyzes people in making choices or decisions is all the possibilities that could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And to know that you can then make another choice before it gets to that point is helpful. Exactly. And and it's it goes it coincides with risk as well. Um, and I talked about this again um, a couple of days ago. I suggested that risk is obviously different for everyone. What some would might think or tend to think is risky, others would think, oh, no, that's not risky at all. I can go ahead and do that. <laughs> and I make the example, how many of us, raise your hand if you have, ever driven a car? My hand is raised. Mine is raised. <laughs> Karen, your hand's raised. Okay, good. <laughs> How many of you have come to an intersection and you're going to make a right turn, however the light is red? Raise your hand if you're going to do that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. And there's a car in front of you. Raise your hand if there's a car in front of you. You're turning red. They're turning. They're, they're, you're turning right. They're turning right, and the light is red, and you're both stopped. And then how many of us have said, come on, I could have turned four times now. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, now, is that out loud or with your horn? Well, that's with my, out loud. That's not oh, with okay. my horn. No. Okay. Okay. And because the risk, I've been driving a long time. Maybe that person in front of me, this is their second time driving by mm -hmm. themselves. And it's riskier for them to turn as it is for me. In business, we have the same thing. We look at patterns. We look at all kinds of things. We reconcile things. And if we've seen it before because of experience and we know what happens because I've seen this movie before, mm -hmm. we are probably going to make a better decision than someone who, oh, is just struggling and worrying. Oh, I, I'll just flip a coin. No. Mm -hmm. But the person who's seen the patterns before knows what the end should look like. Um, they'll make a better decision. And some people say, wow, that was a risky, a gutsy call. No, it wasn't gutsy at all. I have experience doing this. I've seen it before. I knew what was going to happen probably. And so I took the risk. Um, and, and again, I like what Natalie said 
<laughs> because we can choose at times to be happy or miserable. Natalie mm-hmm. said she made a sad choice and she sent herself to the room to do something about it, taking that action. And there she can reconcile or at least think about what the decision was and how it might have been different. I think we can do that too as adults. If, if we follow kids, it would be so much easier to just, okay, yes, be creative, be innovative. Here's another question for you. How many of you have ever been in a room of adults? And if you ask the adults, let's say there's a room of 25, and you say, how many of you in here are artists? How many hands do you think would go up? One or two, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, I would maybe say, three. Yeah. Okay. If you ask a room full of 25 kidney gardeners, how many of you are artists? How many hands go up? <laughs> they all do. 100%. 100%. Every last one of them. If we had the attitudes of kids to be creative and innovative and confidence in ourselves, I think we could take much more positive actions than we would if we sat there and belabored it. Anyway, maybe maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but um, I'm not sure. What do you think, Karen? I think what you're alluding to and the way I take that is really having confidence in the choice that you're making. Yes. And coming up, you know, it's a brilliant example that you gave about the, the car stopped at the intersection because you've done it before, you have confidence in how it's going to turn out. Stepping forward in a choice, pretty much knowing or feeling very confidently that you've made a a good choice or a happy choice enables you to take that action. Again, it's the, it's the mental talk track that we put on ourselves mm-hmm. that helps us with that. It is. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. And I mean... Re- I'm not sure about you, Sheila, but I read an article. <laughs> I read a few articles for uh-huh. today's show. And one was by, it's titled, How We Make Choices. And it's by Professor Nigel McLennan. And he says that the decision-making process is theoretical. And here's a series of steps. And I heard Karen suggest this as well. Identification of the problem or the decision. First, we have to identify what it is. It's the what. Information gathering generating options, evaluating options. We've all gone through these, I'm sure. Decision-making and then the implementation and then you review and revise. So course correction. Um, So it's like you're you're making decisions and you're course correcting all at the same time. The benefit is you're moving forward. You're not stagnant, stale, or holding the organization or the team hostage because you haven't made a decision. So I, I liked what what the, what the good doc said there, the good professor said. I do too, Wayne. And I was thinking um, uh, after listening to you just now, I, I was um, remembering that one area I was exploring or what are some of the things that that make it more difficult to choose? And actually, I wanted to ask Karen. Karen, I'm not seeing you in face because we're all in different areas, but I'm looking at your picture on your website. So I'm looking at your face right here. <laughs> What are some of the things that make choices more difficult and or are some people, do some people have to learn that they can make their own choices? Are there circumstances in life where people don't realize they have that freedom or that uh, power? 
I think that's a great observation and question all in one, Sheila. So mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think that comes back to what, to how I opened this, that when I think about agency, I think about the power that we have to make choices mm-hmm. and enabling people to do that. There's a there's a key element for me in, in all of this. Um, you know, you talked about, Wayne talked about being aware of the problem. So having the clarity around that. Yes, yes. We talked about knowing that you've done something before. So um, knowing that you have the confidence to move mm. forward. The last piece that I think is important to realize is a sense of compassion and a sense of self-compassion. And this mm. is where I loved the teacher's or Natalie's choice around sad choice. Yeah. Yes. Because to me, sad is a much lighter judgment word than yes. bad or right. Yes. Yes. So when you remove that sense of judgment and you think of a decision as sad, it's a little bit more fleeting. Um, or the result of a decision, it's a little bit more fleeting and it's an emotion that will pass. It is not a Mm. thing that's going to end up as right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think about this, one of you, I think it was Wayne, talked about the number of food decisions we make during the day. (laughs) Right. So all of us are on, and a lot of us are on this, this, this ideal of having a very healthy lifestyle that involves food and exercise. What if I got off this call and I decided to indulge in a humongous piece of chocolate cake. Would I berate myself for that choice? Or would I say, you know what? You didn't do so good today, but maybe at lunch you can have a salad and that will be a little bit lighter. That Mm -hmm. compassion to say, oh my God, I ruined my diet. I messed up with a whole piece of chocolate cake. What am I going to do? That prevents people from moving forward. But when you're more gentle with yourself and you say, you know, I've got a choice, I can re, I can rejigger this, I can re, I can do something different, it enables you to put the choice in perspective and move forward from that. So mm. I think that element of self-compassion is very critical um, in helping people to make decisions and make choices. That's a lovely way of reframing it. And I think Wayne and I would both say the better choice would have been to invite us to join you in that. Piece <laughs> That's of exactly cake. right. <laughs> and then we oh, could right. applaud and, and then we could applaud each other. And who cares <laughs> that we went off the diet? Hey, we had fun. Yes. And, and Karen, what you're talking about is self-efficacy. And, and I enjoy that term, self-efficacy, because it, it talks about being confident in your decisions, confident in yourself, being confident in, in the things that you do. And it, it just it is so telling what you just said and, and so true. I tend to reward myself at work. I go for the harder things first. And when I'm finished with those, I reward myself because now I get to do the things that I wanted to do that would be more fun doing this job than it was doing the harder ones. So I leave the, the the fun, easy ones to last as a reward for getting through the hard, painstaking tasks or objects that I have to do at the moment. And and so it's not chocolate cake or a salad. It's, oh, I can't do that one until I get finished with this one. And it's just as... And here we go with the dopamine and all the other stuff, the adrenaline, what that Sheila has taught me over the over the <laughs> couple of years we've been doing this. <laughs> um, but I get that adrenaline rush. I get that dopamine. I get that high because now, okay, this is over and it's good because I showed up and I put 100% into it and it's good. 
now I get to go do the fun things that I wanted to do and I can be creative and do that childlike mentality of just having fun and doing it because it is my reward and I'm supposed supposed to enjoy it. And I'm looking at the clock and I have to make a decision or choice here to tell you that we are now at 24 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so we have three minutes left in this 27 God, minutes. It Wayne so and fast Karen today. It, go, it does go fast. So Karen, I will defer to you. Please what, do. Yeah. What other things would you like to tell us about choose today? The last thing I would actually like to say, Wayne, is I love your idea of rewarding yourself by doing the lighter tasks after you've done the more difficult ones. I will remind you that you made a choice to do that. And every time <laughs> you do that, you are choosing to do that. Um, so I wanted to just leave you with that. And I'm going to let you close us out <laughs> with your trivia question, because I really want to hear the answer. To I do too. <laughs> well, Sheila already answered it. Oh, okay. It, okay, so the question was, what is the most common reason we tend to have difficulty in choosing something? And the answer that came up more than most was, it appears to be a phenomenon called choice overload. Oh. There are just too many choices. And they went as far as to say, if you lined up about 25 or 26 things that you can taste at a supermarket or a, a, a open air market, and it's just taste testing, and then you can buy which one you like. They said if there's 25 or 26 things, people typically will walk away and not make a choice oh. because there's so many choices to choose from. They said, however, if you had only five things there, they would taste all five and then pick one and buy that one. But choice overload is the answer to that question. How about Boy, that? Boy, that makes me ponder. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so, but we that'll be a topic for another day. So, so we are 2550, so please. Okay. All um, right. Well, first of all, Karen, how can our listeners uh, uh, contact you or reach you or learn more about what you do? Uh, thank you so much, Sheila. I can be reached at kshrum at the number two, Illuminate LLC. Dot com. Super. And I want to uh, just to say in closing, thank you to those who are listening. And thank you, Natalie, for encouraging us to make happy choices for the rest of the day here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. I love that. <laughs> right. Gosh. And thank you, Karen, for showing, for, for being on the show again. It's always a delight to have you. It yes. really is. And learning, you know what? Sheila and I have fun. I have fun because we learn so much. Yes. Every episode we do, we learn so much. And having you as a guest, um, boy, you just help boost that learning process up because I've learned three things from you today. <laughs> <laughs> so it's delight, delightful. Thank you very much for coming. And Thank thanks you for having me. Yes, yes. Sheila, would you take us home, please? Uh, we look forward to talking with you all next week and have a lovely, a lovely week in the meantime. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Sheila. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.